Welcome to episode 470 and 7 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little, along with me as always is the man sitting across the table from me. His name is Russell John, the Fisherman. Hi, how are you? What's up, Dave? Uh, blood pressure. Hey, <laughs> I, don't I don't know. We are aligned. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no good. Uh, getting off a little bit of a uh, cold flu situation, one of those. I, I, I don't know if, I, you know. Uh, COVID is not in vogue anymore, so I mean, who even tests? Am I right? So who knows uh, what I've got? But I think I uh, the light is there at the end of the tunnel. My voice sounds better today than it did yesterday. So all we can do is thank our heavenly Father and move on to the next blessed day. Am I right, Russell? Yeah, completely correct. <laughs> also, it's funny. It's funny that you open up talking about the uh, the the I don't know what to call it. The contagion long forgotten. Or maybe not, depending on oh, where you romp. By uh, G- Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Dude. Um, That's a good joke for two people. We got a, uh, yeah, I'm not one of them. I know. Um, <laughs> we got a good movie to go along with that, that Oksana picked. Warning now. Guilty. Yeah. You got a COVID movie? Yeah, we'll get into well, it Well, guess later. what? I got a COVID movie too. Hit the buzzer. You do? Yeah. Dude, I wasn't ready for this. Ass wang. <laughs> <laughs> Our famous <laughs> coronavirus buzzer. Oh, here we go. Oh, nope. By nope. buzzer. I mean, stinger by buzzer. Again, I am hopped up on sinus medication. That's good. No, I, you know, I'm in this nice uh, little, all the, all the liquid in my body has been sucked dry by all this medication that I'm taking. Mucinex and the Theraflu and the marijuana <laughs> and the, uh. You want to add something new to it? What? Um. But you guys, Russell's pulling some. Also joining us is from. Behind the wall. What is this? Some some drugs you could add to it. Ribelsis? Yeah. What is ribelsis? Uh, I'll talk about it a little later. It's a oh. payment I got for helping somebody move. Oh, <laughs> boy. What a tease we have. Well, before we get to that, we'll get over to Oksana Valerianova Osachi in studio. Hi. Oksana, what's going on? It's funny that you say that it's no longer in vogue because I just recently someone took time off of work because they're offspring who's in college got covid and she needed to get a hotel room because her roommate has um asthma so it is still <laughs> no one can anymore apparently. except if you do then you really do yeah yeah but then you know uh, people aren't given the effort that they used to you know it's a different i'm not game. <laughs> I'm definitely not uh and also, you know who's not giving effort? Randy Michael Stapp. <laughs> oh, no. Is not giving effort. As he is not here today. But, oh, is he in California? I think so. Yeah, probably. Are we going to see him? No. That's fine. Um, you know, Randy's, Randy's a, he's a very popular man who has many friends and many loved ones. And uh, he's seeing everyone except for us. And uh, we bear no ill will towards him today. Nothing but love and peace and friendship. And kindness. Does he pretend to have fun with other people? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm asking that's, for a friend. That is his affable charm. Oh my God. You know, that's what makes Randy Randy. Every time he hangs out, I feel like we're putting him out. Like he's doing us a favor by being around. No, but that's him showing joy and effort. <laughs> grat- you know? Yeah, I'm sure. Also, uh, I, I was able to, uh, I last week I was spending a, a day, an afternoon with Randy. Uh, at his homestead in Atlanta, Russell, I can't confirm, he does live on a very elevated hill, as he is so de- uh, declared. What about the walnuts? 
The wa- All right, so with the walnut situation, when we were there, it was raining. Um, and then when we got back, it was very dark. So I, I did not get a <laughs> you full. Can't confirm. <laughs> I cannot confirm the walnut situation. What I can confirm is that his uh, he is correct about his air vent situation. I could not find it. I believe it is underneath what this house in the is crawl wrong with space. You? you were looking at his air vent while you were there. Yeah. Did he bring it up? Like, hey, bitch, look, no, no, filter. no, th- no. That was okay. the first. No, I, I was, I took, uh, I started picking his house apart. Oh my! God. I went up in his attic, uh, did the whole thing, and then I walked outside to see his uh, uh, compressor, um, excuse the condenser outside, and. Um, I had to wear no shoes because it was very muddy outside, and I didn't want to get his, my air my Air Max is all dirty. Oh my! So God. I walked out there barefoot. You didn't and, have any Crocs uh, with you? No, I didn't hike because it was just a day trip. I didn't have any of my uh, you know other shoes with me, but I wasn't gonna any... get my shoes dirty for Randy. You I didn't walked have out there guest slippers. He did not have guest slippers, but uh, Randy keeps it. It's a <laughs> beautiful home. You know, very uh, got a lot of space in there. Yeah, it looks empty. Well, you know, there's a, a lot of room for gymnastics. Randy's picked up gymnastics, oh so he's got a lot God. of space for his uh, tumbles and his somersaults. All right, all jokes aside, did you let the women out? <laughs> did you open the trap door and let them go? I'm, I'm, I, I saw where he was supposedly <laughs> keeping them, and uh, everyone was already relocated. Here, there, Here's a little behind the curtains. Randy, uh, he when he edits the show, he uses some kind of software that will, like, cut out background noise. You can, they're screaming constantly coming out of his house <laughs> and it fucks up all the clips that I play. Whenever I play music or a long form clip, it like cuts them in and out. And I'm like, dude, why don't you just stop capturing women? And, um, he just won't do it. So it's a little beef we have going on. It, this has been going on for years, but I can't confirm. He does keep uh Pico de Gallo and, uh, Cholula hot sauce. Okay. I needed that in a pinch. He was there to help me out. Also, Russell, you know what else was in his refrigerator? I mean, a you're head. Gonna, you're gonna, a human head. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to get a kick out of this. What? A buzz ball. Oh, how long was that there? I think from a couple of weeks prior, <laughs> his parents were there. Oh, he needed one? He's like, fuck. No, he's, it was their buzz ball. Yeah, they're way cooler. <laughs> I could tell. I think Randy would confirm. Oh my God. What kind? What flavor? I think it was uh, espresso. Oh, come on. That's weak. I think it was that one. Again, I can confirm the best flavored buzz ball is the pumpkin one that was limited. We bought a giant. We bought a buzz boulder at uh, Total Wine and More. Buzz it was Bold. good. It tastes. It was the only one that I can. Is actually that the official branding good. is buzz boulder? No, okay. we're trying to make it a thing. We're trying good. to get them to sponsor well, the show. It stinks. <laughs> Oh, you like buzz ball though? You're yeah. like that. There was a large group of. I don't think be writers. a buzz baller, dude. A buzz baller. Buzz baller's better than buzz no, boulder. It's big ballers are big, dude. <laughs> what about the buzz bowling ball? I want to be a baller shot caller. Oh my god, that's what you call it. All right. So, how was the trip other than Randy's dungeon? Trip was great. Also, five stars on Randy's dungeon. Uh, there's only a five. <laughs> there's a five star cap on dungeon, so it's five out of five. Um, no trip was good. Uh, spent a lot of time with uh, family and, and friends. And, How was that? Uh, it was great. Uh, I was all over the state, man. Um, there was a tornado when I was home, but we were not there when the tornado <laughs> oh was happening. God. Uh, but when we got back, uh, our literally as we were walking up to the house, the power came back on. 
Oh, so we perfect. got we were it, it worked yeah. out. Very, it was very fortunate um, that that worked out because we also had a nine year old and a four year old, and I didn't know what we were going to do without any power for an extended period of time. But uh, never had to cross that bridge. But yeah, uh, spent a lot of time there, and then uh, yeah, drove all over the state. Um, was pretty much in a car when uh, I got in at nine a.m. on Monday. And then uh, had a lovely Thanksgiving at the house. Uh, most of the family was able to come. And then uh, Friday, uh, Amanda Page Cooper, friend of the show, came over, picked me up. And then uh, we went over to Birmingham, uh, spent the weekend over there. And then uh, Sunday, we went over to Atlanta to go holler at Randog. And then uh, got back on Sunday night and flew out of there on uh, Monday afternoon. Sounds like you had a good trip. Yeah, so Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, going all over the place, baby. Yeah, you didn't miss a lot here. We had um, the Unnamed Footage Fest, which, you know, I have to, again, I caught flack last week. Clark and Randy were gone, and I hung out with Terrell. And I planned this in advance, but it did not stop a one Dan Bowers from coming at me who uh, said he would be sending a pipe bomb to our house. So uh, Clark, if something is, you know, they're looking for a signature and it's me. Don't, don't sign that one. You got it. Again, Dan, I love you. And I was waiting for Clark to get back because he was the one that started the beef between the blue hour and the overlook hour. Yeah. And I have to say that the blue hour contributed about half of the hours to 24 hour. See what I did there? The multiple hours here. And uh, we showed all of Ink Ink a faux reality uh, show that Dan made. We showed the blue hour, the final version, which I realized I hadn't seen. I mean, I know at one point I mentioned on here that I I saw the working cut, man, it looks so good. The final cut of that movie. And then we also showed like three commercials he made. So thank you, Dan. I I had to call you out. Daniel Bowers, not only for your contribution to the uh, feature film smile, but also to, 12 of the 24 hours at off. Also, I want to give a shout out to the uh, McMurderer team who sent a happy meal full of VHS tapes to the house. I'll be sharing those with everybody once we get together and do a screening, but uh, dude, so good. Also that movie crushed, but um, Oh my God, there's a lot of housekeeping to do, but before that I'll, uh, I'll pay off what I teased earlier. So those drugs, do you, do you want some Clark? Yeah, what is this? I think they expired in May, but I heard that the only side effect should be that they're not as potent. You want to look them up? Or here, I could tell you. Right, uh, tell me this story of why you're not getting paid in dollars. <laughs> I, uh, dude, it's, I don't know. We've, we've helped this person move before. Uh, shout out to Anna, who was uh, adopted by a cult over here in California. Jesus Again, Christ. Her- <laughs> you were just loose as a goose with any information All you of have. It. Again, well, when you predict the world's going to end three times and uh, fail, and then you lose all of your multi-million dollar company, which is a radio show, uh, you can put it out there. Also, she's cool with it. And um, she paid me in a, and I think a Walgreens bag, Walgreens bag full this is of- diabetes medicine? Type 2 diabetes medicine, <laughs> which she claims- <laughs> which She gave you diabetes medicine which she claims is worth thousands of dollars that now. Is, that is such a weird slam and <laughs> form, form of payment. Well, do you want to know why? Thousands of dollars. Do you want to know why people Jesus will Christ. pay uh, 
apparently thousands of dollars for this. Please tell me. Because it's a competitor um, to another very popular drug. You got to guess? You got to inject it weekly. Ivermectin. Ozempic. I was going to say Ozempic. <laughs> so Ivermectin's apparently more fun to say. the side effect of this drug is that you lose a ton of weight. So it was like a double slam. It's like, well, if you don't lose the weight, then it's still diabetes medications. <laughs> I mean, can this bitch not even pull Addies, dude? I, so she worked for a medical. At least throw a little couple Addies at you. Oh, she offered up, um, oh, God, what was it? Oxycontin. Again, a shout out to the homie Chris over at Barely Functional Gamers who are dragged out. What is this, 2020? I know. I was like, what? Aren't they in jail form? You can't even crush them anymore. And she was like, no, no, these aren't. And I'm like, okay, now I I don't know. I don't trust anything really. Also, she had the only thing I really took from her. She had a little um, candy jar full of uh, Reese's. Right. And I'm like, oh, I'm eating these. And I started throwing them to Chris. And she was like, oh, yeah, those are from Cliff's party. I was like, oh, that's right. I was like, what are you, a klepto? I saw it in her purse. She had a bag of them. She's like, I don't know. I asked Toxana. She said it was cool. Oh, my God. And I'm like. I don't. She did not ask me, but. She didn't ask Of course she didn't. <laughs> she pays you in, in diabetes medicine. You think everything's above the board? She did tell me it was expired, though. Jesus. Also, here's the other thing. She, I was like, why do you have it? And first off, I should say, she does look very skinny. So either she's taking it and it's working or um, she's just not eating like she's skinny because she's got no money because she's paying you with diabetes medication, which is is funny because after we did after we did this move, which my God, I've I've rented out a couple of storage units before. This thing was fucking Fort Knox and it was air controlled. You go up there and there's a remote control garage door that could fit a fucking diesel truck like this just giant door, all elevators in there. There's security cameras everywhere. You go up, everything is air controlled. And I'm like, how much are you fucking paying for this thing? And you see a sign, first month free. And I'm like, oh God, are we going to be back here in a month trying to outrun these people or something? And um, yes. So yes, after that answer, she said she was going to take us to lunch. Now, last time we helped her move, she offered that up and then couldn't <laughs> do it, which I'm, you know, fuck it, whatever. I'm excited to know what lunch was. So uh, we went to a place called um, uh, Drake's. In Oakland service? I don't know. Honestly, it was really nice. And I'm like, oh no, are we gonna have to fucking dine in ditch or something? Then we get there, she orders a pizza. Like, you know, when you go to a bar with a friend and they're like, hey, get get a picture. Like just without asking, like, are you talking about the brew pub? I think. I don't know. I've never been there before. Drake's does you've heard of Drake's beer. I have. Oh, is it brewed there? I, I that would be my guess. I don't know. We the first two beers we ordered they didn't have. They're like, oh, it's only on draft. You got to go to the bar. You went to the bar. They didn't have it. So I don't know. It didn't have the vibe of a brewery. But Where were you in Oakland? In Oakland, yeah. Was it Drake's dealership? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, dealership. Yeah. Well, God, I, they had the most like bored staff there. They just seemed like they did not want to be there. You've been to a brewery before? <laughs> yeah, but that didn't feel it's, like it. It's universal. It felt more like a- Especially in Oakland. It felt like a rec hall that was themed to be hip for corporate people. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. That's what Oakland is. True. Oakland is very that now. And then, you know, there's like shootings every now and then. But we went there- Just, just to keep things in check. Yeah. <laughs> just to make sure there's culture. You know, still. some of that old town, the old time feeling. Um. Yeah, dude, we went there and she opened up ordering a pizza. And I feel bad about this. She's like, cheese or pepperoni? 
I said, what are we, a fucking Chuck E. Cheese? I was like, also, I'm an adult. You better get pepperoni. She got a pepperoni. She kept talking about how it was like wood cooked or something. She's like, this is wood roasted. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the term? I'm sure you know. Yeah. Rose burnt. It's cooked in a wood oven. Yeah. Where it's like thin. Yeah. She's like, it's really thin. I'm like, okay, fine. God, you speak like an 11 year old <laughs> who just landed on this planet. You know, it's a good evening to me. <laughs> Going to 7-Eleven and getting three pepperoni pizzas. I it would have been just as good. I know. And I, I'm not I'm not asking you to change. <laughs> I'm oh, not asking hey, you to change at all. Here's the other thing. Last time we did that, we brought it home and Jasadi's like, I can't eat 7-Eleven pizza. Good. Thank you for Jasadi like, for having like, standards. No, he's like, last time I had violent food poisoning. Yeah. He's like, so I'm just scared of it now. Yeah, I don't touch it. East Bay cinematographer there. Anyway, so we order it. She, the pizza comes out. She takes all the pepperoni off. I'm like, oh, my God, now I feel bad. She also ordered beers for us, didn't get one herself. And I'm like, she didn't got money. That's why she didn't do it. Then she also ordered us all burgers with sides. And I'm like, you could have just paid for a moving <laughs> team at this point. It's like fucking $15 burgers. Like. But she paid for it, and yeah. then we left. Thank you again. Um, yeah, you got to get something out of this deal. This ain't going <laughs> to cut it. I don't know. I have a bag of those. Also, he's at holding minimum, up the medication. At minimum, you should get a burger and a beer. I don't Did know. Did you spend all day? So, okay. How, how long were you over there? I don't ask. How long were you over there? I think almost 12 hours. I mean, yeah, I Russell. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Have some respect for yourself um, hey, and no. your time. Dude, I got out of there with diabetes medication. <laughs> I had a burger. Yeah, but don't feel bad about it. I had a... No, I don't feel bad. I, I went there for the fucking story. Last time, she paid me with a golden ram skull. So there you go. And, it, you know, it's oh, kind of cool looking. You flip it over and you see there's a Michael sticker on the bottom. Or what was... It was like Goodwill. It was something like very boring. Now, I can't wait for next week's episode when you come back in here and you tell us how you were able to sell these type 2 diabetes you know, medicines for $3,000. <laughs> how tight would that be? I, don't act like I didn't look it up already. I've seen a lot of debate on Reddit about why anybody would pick that over Ozempic. And I mean, the best reason I heard was maybe they don't like needles. Pretty so good. how many pills are there? I don't know. I have a bag full of that are shit. Are you going to use it? I don't know. Oxana, are you going to use it? I'm kind of scared. I don't know. No. Oxana's already losing weight. I, I say me and you go on a challenge. I think I think we're going to take the Ribellus challenge. <laughs> oh. Cool. They could be a thing that we check in on. All right. There's three milligrams per tablet. How do you even open this? I don't know. Oh, I haven't shit. looked. It's like an origami trap. I was <laughs> a little duck going to come also, out of here. If you were wondering, she did not deliver on the um, Oxycontin either. Even though Chris was like, my back, that idiot. I told him, stop, dude. I was like, you need to slow down. This isn't like we're getting paid for this shit. And you're picking up shit. Bad form. He's been on the computer for months now. And oh, yeah. by the way, I might as well. I haven't told you guys this. I might as well tell you this since you mentioned him last week, two weeks ago now. Um, when you had the birthday party for mm -hmm. your uh, beloved one-year-old son, yeah. Cliffy Boy, uh, down the street at your parents' house, apparently you two bozos did not tell Chris that the party was down the street. As I go downstairs and I see a Mexican woman I've never met before <laughs> live, sitting in our living room. That's, what did I, you yeah. do? What uh, did you do? I Wait, said, who are you? <laughs> and then I see Chris, dumbass, dumb come out of the bathroom. 
Oh, but the party's down the street. Yeah, the party's down the street, you dumb fuck. I, Get out of my house. Notice that- He, he just walked in the house. <laughs> notice that he's the only one that did that. Idiot. <laughs> he doesn't mean any harm. I know. That's why I didn't throw anything at him. <laughs> well, you don't want to do that. Bring up old memories of stepdad. <laughs> What? Jesus, stop saying things. <laughs> God so, damn. It didn't even cross my mind because I did send an invitation to her and it did have the address of the place that the party was actually at. And I got a very quiet phone call saying, we're in your house. <laughs> like, we're not. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, man. Um, What else did I want to mention? Yeah. You, you went on the other side of the country. I went to the other side of the bay. Um, I guess coming up, we got another hole in the head. We're, we're, we're deep in it. It's what? November two. What is today? Three. Yes. It is November, December doink. Oh God. December. That's what I meant. (laughs) It is November two. It's Santa's month and, uh, it's the third and another hole in the head is already going. They're they're firing off. But the only dates you need to know, again, if you're a fan of this show, you have to come out to these. We got three dates, December 7th. Uh, that's the day that Terrell and Benji are going to be doing Nightmare on Elm Street 4. I believe that's going to be in the Little Roxy. That's at 9 p.m. At 7 p.m. is Jorge Torres Torres, that motherfucker. He didn't tell me he's coming into our hood. Oh, your boyfriend didn't communicate. He didn't communicate. Oh, man. So I'm going to be outside protesting. I know it hurts. It's the Batman Revisited. Um, revised. I can't remember. Because I didn't look it up. Because he didn't bother to check with me. I'm not checking with the title. Um, that's at 7 p.m. right before. I think they're both in the little Roxy. Again, I think the the Roxy's doing a thing where they only have programming there. So maybe if they sell a bunch of tickets, they'll move it over. But yeah, that should be fun. On the 9th, that's uh Doug's coming out. We're gonna be doing Bakimono, followed by Sweet Relief at the four star, more like the 12 star theater. I know. And then on December 10th, Richard Elfman will be out here. Showing his new movie, Bloody Bridget. And, you know, we haven't talked to him yet, but it should happen. Knock on wood. Also, I guess that movie is opening with a burlesque show and live music. So, I mean, it just sounds like crazy shit's going to be going on there. That should also be at the four star. What else? What else? uh, What else do you want? I don't know. It's a lot. It sounds good. Titties oh, and popcorn, um, baby. There's also a lot more going on. I mean, uh, what? Sleep bombs playing. That's probably sold out already. But look at the calendars. Sleep they're, bomb, sleep bomb. They're running like all December. So go help them out. Go hang out down there. Um, and then I think that's all of the bookkeeping. Uh, yeah, but again, um, thank you to anybody who contributed work to Uff 24 Hour 23. It was fun. Um, if you join that discord, keep it because we're going to probably use that thing a little bit more frequently than you would think. And, um, and David Lynch is back today. He's grumpy. He wasn't here last week. He demanded time off because we had him work it off, but. Or do you think he just wouldn't mesh with Terrell? (laughs) That would be funny. He just, he was like, wait, who is this man? (laughs) I don't like him. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, no, he didn't mention anything about Terrell. He just demanded a day off. And now he's here and he's grumpy, so I don't know what the fuck that is. Um, anything I'm forgetting, Oksana, up top? Nope. All right. Anything else you wanted to mention? You're doing great. 
All right, we bring in David. Let's do it. All right, let's, let's keep rolling then. Good morning. It's December 3rd, 2023, and it's a Sunday, day two of weekend projects, and the fun work train is rolling today. I'll be heading to Dunkin' Cronuts. I'm contractually obligated to be seen drinking dead sled coffee there for another week. Hopefully they'll run out of this Eli Roth crap and start carrying organic David Lynch house blend. And today. In one of the contemplation cars, I'll be thinking about Tennessee Williams stage drama, A Streetcar Named Desire. Hell yeah. Starring Jessica Tandy, Marlon Brando, and Ken Hunter. Directed by Elia Kazan. The show opened at the Ethel Barrymore Theater, NYC, ran for 855 performances, and won a Tony Award and a Pulitzer Prize. Everyone, have a great day. And before I go, I'd like to say I will not be performing for the Unnamed Footage Festival again. The online audience praised a floppy disc but never once mentioned my performance, unless they were asking if I was quote-unquote real, Dottie polls all of them. Okay, David. Dang. Yeah, that, it's David's true. a little twisted. It is true, though. Uffy uh, stole the show. And okay. um, <laughs> I did get it again. I mentioned it last week. But yeah, the only the only mention of David was, is he real? Which is just frankly rude. That's tough. That's tough for the old man. <laughs> I get it. I'd be sideways, too. Well, he he disappeared forever. He had a popular YouTube channel. Mama mia. And then he just vanishes. What do you think? People think you're a, I don't know, fraud. Maybe it's his twin brother. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, since no Randy, I'll go ahead and kick us off with a little bit of a retread here, I think. I think when you talked about it, Randy had talked about it too, right? Didn't he? Yeah, Randy watched it. Yeah. So um, uh, we're talking about Thanksgiving here. Um, I actually have seen this twice. So the last time I've been on the show, I had seen it zero times. Now I've seen it two times. And I'm glad I did because I have some things to say about it. Uh, first things is I, I, I love it. I, I think without question, um, it's my favorite Eli Roth movie. And I think it may be his best. Does that mean a movie. lot, though? Like, are you a huge Eli Roth fan? I feel like I have watched most of the Eli Roths here. Okay, let's go ahead and let, uh, let's take a little trip down Eli Roth Lane for all of his directing credits, which, of course, is brought to us by IMDb and their wonderfully laid out interface that gives us no problems whatsoever. Do you need so some I'm currently time? <laughs> talking to you and I can't find his director credits. I hate this interface so much. I can tell you that he produced Hemlock Grove. <laughs> Who the fuck is the director? Hold on, I'll buy you some time. Oh my god. <laughs> It literally doesn't have. You know what's funny? I remember doing that too. This is unbelievable. Like I couldn't. Right. Yeah, you have to select it. Yeah, I had to select. It's unbelievable. I already right, got that. I did not see his shark documentary. I did not see his VR trick or treat. I, I did, did. I did not see clack, 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 clock in its walls. The house with clock in its walls. Either. I don't know why I said that. Like uh, stuttering Yoda. Death Wish was not good. I didn't watch that either. Knock, knock. I did not care for. Free pizza. Green Inferno. I was very meh. I liked it, but not a lot. Hostel Part <laughs> 2 is good. Grindhouse is good. 
Wait, how did you find his director credit? You have to like go up to the top and click director. Hostel is bah. Rotten fruit is genius. <laughs> Cabin fever is good. Yeah. Easy peasy. It's at the top. Yeah, not a great director. I would mostly agree with that, but he's a guy that you pull for. Yeah. You know, he's a he's a champion of horror. Uh I like his acting and stuff. Um, he Me was too. fun as a scumbag in that uh, show with The Weeknd that was terrible and Johnny Depp's daughter, The Idol. Um, he was a good little scumbag in that. He was fun. Um, and also, you know, uh, Inglorious Bastards did a lot of things for did, him. Did you watch all of that show? I did. You did? I watched every episode. And you didn't like it? Well, it's it's a mess um, and it, it's infuriating, but it's something that, you know, I went through those emotions <laughs> it didn't it didn't just straight bore me. Yeah, okay. So that's something. You know what I mean? It's not good. Yeah. But it's somewhat interesting um in its failure. The East Bay cinematographers love it. So don't bring it up around that. I would g I, I, I completely understand why they would. Contrarian. Um <laughs> the, the <laughs> part of it. Yeah. Um it's just so ridiculous. And I, I get it, you know, I do it too. And uh, I, I, there's something there, but it's not good. It's a mess. Uh, but you know what's not a mess? Thanksgiving. And seeing this twice kind of reiterated everything. I, and I'll tell you, it, we're, can we go a little bit into spoiler territories here? I mean, I feel yeah, like- Yeah, we're trying, way removed. Okay. We're out of November. I feel like we're in a good spot to do it. Um, upon seeing it, uh, I did not know who the killer was going to be. Is like you, like you had prefaced in your review- that we're very much doing the scream thing. We're very much doing the, you know, I know what you did last summer sort of um, territory. And I think that the execution of that was fantastic. And I think that casting also probably is uh, probably at the top. Okay, good. Of, of what I enjoy about this. To choose Patrick Dempsey as the guy was perfect and also at the very beginning of the movie it tells you it's patrick dempsey yeah and uh the clues are all there i think there's great foreshadowing here um everything sort of pays off i really like the script i like how it also felt a little personal uh because you know he comes from this area in massachusetts or at least you know from the greater boston area i don't know if he comes from you know, Thanksgiving town himself, but it did, you know, with uh, Plymouth, right? Plymouth. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, the accents are very heavy there. Um, and I, I do like how all that sort of played out. It, it did feel authentic. Yeah. It was over the top, but it was that accent is over the top. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like I, all that felt, you know, very genuine to me and it sort of added to the atmosphere of the movie. Um, I also like the guy, one of my favorite characters was the guy who sold guns oh, yeah. to the kids. Uh, when he was on the float, the float with Plymouth rocks and he's fucking rocking that ax is great. Um, really good characters, good character actors. Um, you know, like you had mentioned with Tim Dillon, used Tim Dillon perfectly. Yeah. And also I, I'll shout out to their um, uh, special effects department. Tim Dillon's decapitated head looked incredible. Yeah, it was good. That was very good. Um, I really liked all the effects. I liked all the kills. Everything is just perfectly executed. 
and it's really fun. And um, yeah, no, no negative things to say outside of, you know, I, I knew I, I definitely tie, could tie together that Dempsey and Gina Gershon were having an affair. I knew that from the beginning because first of all, they're the two best looking people in this movie. And also she was like, Hey, you're not going to be single for long. You catch that little drift, you know, they're fucking. And then also with the other guy, so you knew there was something there, but how they were able to sort of use the um, secondary boyfriend, uh, the guy no one likes, and sort of make him sort of the MacGuffin uh, was smart. Um, and then also to use the other boyfriend as another MacGuffin was also smart. If I had one thing, and the reason why I am rating it four and a half out of five or 11 out of 12, do you know why I'm doing this, Russell, and not giving it a full Long. 12? No, I didn't think it was long. Okay. No, I, I thought it was uh, perfect for what they needed to do. I felt the length a little bit. That's why I threw it out there. I didn't buy this five foot six guy having a golden arm. Oh, the one that who broke it? Bobby. Yeah. Yeah, get out of here. Cast the other guy. They should have flip-flopped. We'll see you next week. Wait, Who? So you didn't like uh, Jalen Thomas Brooks? Jalen is how Jalen is Jalen, dude. Crow Jalen, God, dude, you don't like Jalen? I thought he was okay. He was fine, but I don't buy him as a an ace pitcher. He's five foot six. Nah. What is he, Ryan Wagner? No. Get out of here. So does that just mean like Eli Roth didn't know enough about baseball or? Or just didn't care. I mean, I mean, hey, this is very much a me problem. Hey, it's it's fine. You know, that's the kind of shit that um, uh, it's why I thought it was so impressive that they used Tim Dillon correctly. Because normally you bring in a big, like Tim Dillon is huge, and I know in the modern world you might not even know who he is, but there are millions of people who do. And a lot of those people probably don't like horror movies and will watch this movie to see him. That's all they care about, and it's like. You can feel whenever an actor has gravity in a film and it feels like removed from the movie. Like, why is this person getting like you get a lot of that with Chinese actors who are big in China because that's what they were trying to do is please that market. Well, the lead actress of this is a TikTok star. Yeah, she's huge. Yeah. But I never felt that. And, you know, I think Eli Roth is a uh, child at heart, clearly. And he's kind of like tapped into this shit. Like that Valentine VR movie he did was great. And that's, you know, I should have thought about it, but coming into Thanksgiving, um, I should have had complete faith in him. He killed that slasher. But here, dude, he perfectly used Tim Dillon. Not a ton. Like, his character did feel like it was getting a little bit of a, a spotlight on him. But, I mean, in a slasher film, that's not weird. Like, in Scream 3, we had Putty playing a security guard, who in a traditional movie probably wouldn't get that much time. But, you know, in a slasher, that's an important role he's playing. Yeah, especially, you know, of how the, the formula is laid out to where, you know, there's sort of a list and uh, he's checking off one by one. Um, Oksana, can you find the name of Tim Dillon's cat in this movie? Dewey. <laughs> it's Dewey? I think it's Dewey. Is that his real cat? No, the cat, he's the... Um, Dewey. He's the internet famous cat from Pet Cemetery ah. that everybody loved. He he came and was casted in Thanksgiving. That's how on it Eli Roth is. Well, they gave him a good part. Dude, the, the cat or the Tim Dillon? The, <laughs> the cat had a good part. They both had good parts. So here. Let, Everybody had a good part hold in on. this. Let me, let me take a wild guess here. 
from I, you know, I've listened to Tim Dillon's show, not avidly. I do enjoy him. I think his stand up is terrible, but I would love to hear him on anybody's show. Just talk. He's great at riffing. And he strikes me as the type of gay man who would not be a fiend line lover. So I thought it was a little funny that he was a cat owner in this movie. Am I wrong there? Has he ever talked about liking or disliking? I don't think he likes any pet, period. I th- yes, I think pets are beneath him. Okay, yeah, me too. And <laughs> I thought it was hilarious that they paired him up as like a cat guy. Yeah, of course. Dude, but I... It, it's great. It's perfect. And that's why I think it's he like, even He and the cat had a little improv bit. It was fun. They did? Yeah, kind of. Because he was like, Dewey, Dewey, see around the corner? Oh, they, he... Tell me where he is, Dewey. <laughs> Yeah, he's better on his feet than he is fucking writing stand up. I've never been so disappointed in stand up. Why before. are you taking shots right now? I'm dude? not. We're I'm just saying about his excellent performance in this motion. Picture. It was great. Just his stand up on Netflix. Go watch that and then come back and tell me how many stars out of that. Two out of twelve. God, always slinging dirt. No, he did fantastic. <laughs> I think him and Eli Roth should do like a buddy cop movie or something. Oh, Bring the cat. That. Do Sleepwalkers. Remake that. Yeah, cast they- the cat. It'd probably be related to sharks, though. So t- <laughs> that, that is the funniest thing you told me, that that shark episode bombed. Bombed <laughs> tremendously. But why? Because no one cares. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Like, if you're a fan of a show, you listen to the show. Unless you're guest dependent. Bombed. And I don't think Tim Dillon's a dude that has a, an audience that's guest dependent. Unless <laughs> Eli Roth is so, like, polarizing that people are like, yeah. anybody but him. I'm not listening to that show. But uh, what do you think about the mask, the John Carver mask? I liked all of it. I thought it was great. Uh, They did a perfect job of paying homage to uh, the slashers before, which I think is Eli Roth's, like, biggest strength is just being a fan. It's very, I know what you did last summer, except, like, like strong. Like, it's as dumb as I know what you did last summer, like a lot of what's happening. Also, all the characters are kind of, like, they're more Seinfeld than friends. Like, they're all terrible people. So you're kind of rooting for him, but you're like, dude, you guys kind of blow like all of you do. But still, I mean, I loved him. I thought everything was perfect. And I was so removed and unexcited about this movie that I hadn't watched a trailer since like fucking the theater when I saw Grindhouse. He delivered on it. Thanksgiving. The table was set. And but I mean, every time I talked about it, people were like, yeah, but did he do the trailer? He couldn't have done that. The table was set. Dude, he did it. He nailed it. From the turkey decapitation to the parade, which I thought the parade would be the thing that he couldn't do. I thought the parade was great. It was great. That may be my favorite um, kill in the whole thing was the parade. We need more people in horror movies. Um, <laughs> they nope. feel so like thinly like there's not a lot of people in them. It, we, we keep doing this apartment shit all the time. It's like four people. When the uh, boat penetrated the back of the driver's yeah. head. Yep. That was a good kill. That was brutal. Yeah. I loved when the clown showed up Clown, because in the theater, I'm like, one, why is there a clown? Two, why is it an evil mask clown? Yeah. And then when it killed somebody, I'm like, you know, in a million years, LLC, but in a, in a million years, it would have never have occurred to me. Like that's the slasher. Well, that was his shout out to Cognetti. Was it really? Roth and Cognetti are are tight. No, they're not. You're lying. You were the most, you're fucking lying. Yeah. I know. I've got some diabetes (laughs) pills to sell you. Dude, I, for a minute. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, you know, um, no, Thanksgiving is great, but I don't think you appreciate how that's a no no. What you don't have fucking ghost face appear in another costume. No, I'm with you, but I liked it, it worked. Unless you're doing Terror Train, which would be a little homage. Jamie Lee Curtis, I'm sure you've watched it before. Maybe New Year's, kind of a weird holiday. I only watched the Tubi original Terror Train, 
Thank you. Oh, you liar. <laughs> Both of them? They came out back to back. And- what are you talking I'm a producer on three. <laughs> yeah, what? They dropped Can't the ball wait. there. They flipped part two within a month. They couldn't come out with three? Um, Man, I... I, I say I, I hope we're in um, franchise territory here, because you we definitely can go into franchise two territory. Hmm? Two, two, is, two got greenlit as it should. I yeah. think I think we can explore uh, wherever we want to here, and I think um, we're off on the right foot. And uh, it was super super fun, and uh, one of my top horror movies of this year. Good. I'm glad you liked it. Really fun. I was really hoping that uh, you wouldn't just hate it because it was too much of a like. In your wheelhouse, it was kind of re- thing. really, really fun. Uh, it perfectly executed, and uh, yeah, saw it twice. Happy to do it once. Yeah. once in Mississippi when the kids were going to see Trolls Three. That's perfect. And I snuck in for Thanksgiving, and uh, then uh, Randy and Amanda and I saw this at the Plaza Theater. Russell. Oh, how was it? Plaza's great. Um, nothing. Uh, they got a, it's a it's a. You know, you can tell it's an older theater, but they take care of it. It's clean. Um, and, uh, you know, you can tell that there's a little, there's TLC all over the place. You know, I think there's five theaters and this was in a smaller one. Um, that, I mean, I, as I, as I went in there, I was like, what the hell? So I was like, well, this is like, if I, I said, this is the little Roxy, if they gave a little bit more of a shit. Oh, okay. It's that tiny. So you know how the little Roxy is a, is more deeper than it it's is vertical, wide. Yeah, this one's wider than it is deep. Okay. So I would say take the little Roxy, invert it. Yeah. And that's closer to what you got, but still stadium seating, um, good seats, and uh, we were in the front row, but it wasn't too close. It was yeah, g- great time. Front row. I th- they've been saying there was like what a the railing. Fuck? There was a railing. Okay, you had a feet up situation. Yeah. Um, that's funny. The little Roxy again, uh, I think it is too narrow to do that, but yeah, I get what you mean. It would, it would just work better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Three days ago, Eli Roth, Thanksgiving two has officially been Greenland. He said, Hey guys, great news. I got the call. Sony, we're doing a sequel. So 2025. Nope. No room for Tim Dillon. He's no, he'll have to bring in a new, uh, I don't know, crush. I feel like he's crushing on him. All right. Um, and then also uh, another movie that I saw when I was home, I uh, saw with uh, Miss Amanda Page, was Priscilla. When teenage Priscilla Bolu. Is that how you Dude, it's Bolu. Come on, man. You don't know Bolu. shit. Bolu. No, Bolu. Bolu. When Priscilla Bolu. It's crud. It's all crud to me. Elvis Presley, the man who is already a meteorotic rock and meteorotic meteorotic (laughs) rock and roll superstar becomes someone entirely unexpected in private moments, a thrilling crush, an ally in loneliness, a vulnerable best friend. God, what a terrible description, dude. Meteorotic is cool. That's a brand name. Man, I wanted to like this a little more than I did. It's 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 all pretty meh. Here, I, the performances are fine. Jacob Elordi is fine. Kaylee Spaney as Presley is, as Priscilla is mostly just kind of. <laughs> what about Doug it's, it's Mora? Most of that for about Dagmara forty-five minutes. What, what nationality is that? What name? are you? What are you talking about? Dagmara? I don't even know who that is. <laughs> She's unimportant to the story. Um. Honestly, they show a lot more Elvis than I thought they were. Um, and Jacob Elordi is is doing his best there. You know, tall, handsome guy. Of course, he would play Elvis. 
But I mean, when you think of the Elvis voice, he's doing the Elvis. Oh. Hey, baby. Oh, go over here, baby. Oh, I mean, that's what he's doing for two hours. And for the rest of the day, I couldn't help but talk like that. Um, Is that a faux pas? You're oh, not, oh come baby, to uh, talk to my friend Hog Ears over here. Hey, Hog Ears, come here. What are you, a beetle? Crawling the dang ground, you little freak? That's a line from the movie. What are you, a beetle? You little freak is what the man said to another man. <laughs> That's the best part of the movie. Um, now, it's just, did Randy go? He didn't go? I don't think. No, he did not go with us. Did he see it? I think he. Come on. The I, Coppola made it. He has to fucking cream I can't cream remember it. if he saw it or not. I think he didn't. He didn't like it either. What? No way. He's an apologist. It's not. It's he not, loves them. You know what it is? It feels, um, you know, they couldn't use any of Elvis's music. Mm-hmm. Um, the the estate did not grant that. I, I do not think the estate Why? is very uh, happy with this movie. Well, this movie is produced by Priscilla Presley. And based oh. upon her memoirs or her, uh, you know, personal story, I believe um, is it. I think it's adapted from her book, something like that. But anyway, she she executive produced it. Um, and the state's not too, you know. It, does it put Elvis in the best light? No, but who cares? Like, if you're gonna bring oh Elvis through chairs at Priscilla, yeah, I think yeah, okay, we probably would believe that. Elvis wasn't the best husband. Oh, darn. <laughs> what a shocker. Um, and then, but I just feel like it didn't go into her story as much. It's just kind of, she was just there. And if that's the point, that's fine. Um, I do, I, there was one scene where Priscilla is taking um, karate lessons. And I thought that that was very interesting because all the focus has been Elvis, you know, with the karate moves mm-hmm. on stage. And we just see her in a gi, you know, doing things and then hanging out with her sensei and and then Elvis doing his moves on stage. And it was like, what are you saying? Chicken and the egg here? <laughs> like, what are we What are we doing? But I, that was it. It was just the, the presentation of that. Also, another thing, and I'm not surprised that this happened because, you know, it, I think it would change the story, certainly. But... There was only um, talk of the colonel being around, but no, the colonel's not present at all. Um, Vernon Presley, who is Elvis's father, um, he was the um, sort of disciplinarian and ran a very tight ship at Graceland. So he was sort of the presence of that, but uh, you know, no colonel presence whatsoever. Um, and it's just, I don't know. Anytime you 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 see or hear a story about Elvis, the colonel is there as well. So. I, you know, it's a very much a, um, a thoughtful move on, um, uh, what is this? What is her name? The director of this. Sophia Coppola. <laughs> Sophia Coppola, sinus medicine for the win, everybody. Yeah. So Sophia Coppola's, I mean, you know, a hundred percent, um, you know, she knew the story that she was trying to tell here. Just how successful it was. Here you um, go. She said, uh, when asked about why they wouldn't be given any rights to the music. Yeah. She said, that, uh, the, referring to the estate, they don't like projects that they haven't originated and they're protective of their brand. Uh, but that made us more creative and bold. Uh, she said the soundtrack has Phoenix covers of classic songs played by Coppola's husband and band frontman Thomas Mars. Yeah, there's a couple of that, and it's it's fine. Um, Sounds boring. Also, there's a couple of like 
That's the, the problem. There's a couple of needle drop. It is. It is mostly. Oh, boring. needle drop too. There's some needle drops. Okay. But also, you know, I I think it could be kind of reverse needle drops, in terms of uh, crimson and clover is played, but right before like the big hit, you know, with the crimson and uh-huh. the clover, they drop out. So they tease you oh a little bit God. with that, Shut and the then fuck up. And, but the movie ends with Dolly Parton's "I Will Always Love You." So, you know, that's an enormous ballad. And the movie ends with that playing and Priscilla leaving the property in her car. As she said, I want to I want to leave. And he's like, "Okay, baby. (laughs) And that's it. Well, you know, you taught me many years ago on this show that a um, biopic is a vehicle for an actor. Uh, Did this one perform well? I I don't think we're going to see any of this um, (laughs) come award season. Good. I would be highly um, surprised at that. Outside of that, I mean, look, man, when you watch a Sofia Coppola, you expect the wardrobe and the costuming and the set design to be immaculate, and it was. So, you know, um, that alone, you know, adds uh, most of the merit uh, for me here, unfortunately. I just uh, didn't find, you know, everything else too terribly interesting how many so, stars 12 um yeah we'll give it seven out of 12 too high you know it's all right okay here's another retread you want to hit it this is it <laughs> well somebody died in that one it's a random retread all right uh very quickly i just will summarize uh, my experience Watching Dumb Money from this year. <laughs> Wait, I got another one for that. You nailed it. David versus Goliath <laughs> tale about everyday people who flipped the script on Wall Street, got rich by turning GameStop, the video game store, into the world's <laughs> hottest company. They had to put that in there. They know their audience. They're like, what's GameStop? Um, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this. Thank you. Um, so I'll just say that I hated this. Oh, I love it. Dude, um, good to have you back. And and part of my frustration, <laughs> and honestly, the majority of my frustration is, is centered around something that, I don't know, I, some may describe what I'm about to say as unfair towards the movie, and I would say that those people are stupid. Um, what I, I think this is 100% a valid complaint, and is 100% uh, reason for me to hate this movie. The the sound in this was mixed so terribly. Oh. And here's what I mean. Now, uh, you know, a few, a f- about a month or so ago, um, you know, I had my uh, top tier audio video man, Russell Fisher, come over. Oh, yeah. And uh, hooked up my um, my speaker. To <laughs> your sound bar. <laughs> di- my sound bar directly to my television. And uh, it's a much better situation now. And now that they, uh, now my bass actually works. My subwoofer, it's bumping, baby. Um, Russell, this thing, there are so many, so many hip hop needle drops. Oh, fuck. With montages. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah. And, dude, I, when, when that, when the, when the hip hop needle drops are happening, hip hop needle drop, hip hop needle drop. I had to go to three on the volume. Oh, then when it went into talking, 
I had to go to 12. Three to 12 is a big fucking jump, hip, guys. Hip hop needle drop. Oh my God, yeah, that's my father. On no Eliminated my ice tea. We should give him a shout out. Who's the guy? I don't know. We should, if we play it, we should give him a shout out. I don't know. Nobody else does either because he doesn't get a lot of plays on Spotify. But. This thing is, um, I mean, it it, it kind of set the base for the whole for the whole reason of why I hated this. Um, <laughs> it felt very, very just sort of uh, sophomoric, and you know, fuck the big money people. Uh, it, it try. Uh, can I tell you the best way to describe this? The best part of this movie is Pete Davidson. Mm. <laughs> He's the best part of this movie. That doesn't bode well. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. Damn. He's the best part of the movie. Uh, Paul Dano. I I don't know. I, I he's fine. I don't like his character. And then the people. It follows the people that may or may not have gained some money when everything was happening with this. Um, but it just, everything, it just, you just feel the facade of everything. You feel like it's just, it's make pretend time. And also everyone is wearing COVID masks. Now this whole thing happened during COVID. So I understand, you know, this being a big part of the story is, is, you know, yeah. at that time COVID masks were around, but man, I'm not going to lie. It's hard to hear people. <laughs> like Dane DeHaan is in this movie. I didn't hear a fucking word he said because he had his mask God. on the whole movie. Do fucking ADR. Yeah, I know. Do your job. Make sure people hear the movie. If, if Christopher Nolan can do that shit because he's Christopher Nolan. Also, I could hear what Bane was saying. This whole this is bullshit. <laughs> this whole movie's bullshit. It was so annoying. And I just I hated everyone. I hated the Wall Street people because they're disgusting. I hated the actual people because they're fucking stupid. <laughs> I hated everybody. Everybody sucks. Two stars out of 12. Oh, dude. Here the next movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's my father. On no It's just so annoying, man. <laughs> like, it's not funny. Well, here, let me turn it around for you. According to IMDb, we got a little bit of trivia. In one scene... The Steve Cohen character is seen wearing a New York Mets hat. Yeah. The real Steve Cohen, he owns the Mets. Oh, boy. <laughs> 55 people found this helpful. One did not. It's just, I just, it's just not for me. No, it's good. Dude. Oh, here, here's another one. Uh, the red microphone on his desk and pictured in the kitten in the background, along with Gil's red bandana hanging off of it, a sign of rebellion. When he gives his online testimony, are all accurately portrayed in this film. You know, I'm looking at the the cast you still have up here. Clancy Brown is in this. They give him nothing to do. He is the father of um, Meow Kitty, whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> um, Paul Dano's character. He plays the father. Pete Davidson is the brother. They they give they give Clancy Brown nothing to do. He's just basically angry Boston dad. What the fuck you in sell for? That's what he does. I hate, yeah. I'm glad you hate this movie, by the way. Oh, it's not good. Also, Olivia Thrillby's in it, um, who's a fantastic actor. They give her nothing to do. Sam, uh, oh, oh, Sebastian Stan. My God. He plays the, re the Robin Hood guys. 
it's I just I don't know what even he's doing. It's like <laughs> I'm gonna be a human cartoon. I, I I just I don't know, man. It stinks. Good. I mean, it it reeks a little bit of like if the police department in your town were were selling shirts that said defund the police. Where it's like, hey, remember this movement? Here, why don't you buy like... And also the last like two minutes of the movie are just like one line sentences, just oh summarizing God. everything. I was like, is this just the lack of creativity in this whole thing? They got to get it in. I it's just, it's just um, I, I'm, I'm tired of the formula. It just, everything seemed cut and paste. There's no soul here. Um, it's gross. I hate it. Goodbye. Two stars. All right. <laughs> Now you know what I didn't hate is that now now Russ you know we're going from a very sophomoric you know uh, hip hop needle drop um, to uh, th- we're going to adult town now <laughs> hip hop needle drop is good it's very good um, that you know uh, the vinyl floor uh, we don't know when we're going to get the next vinyl floor oh, so dude. I think a sub project would be hip hop needle drop yeah what the fuck we sent you out say. there to do on the ground reporting and you came back with nothing. Well, I came back with coronavirus. <laughs> oh, my God. So I brought you back something. All right. Um, also, also, before I get into the last movie, I and I failed to mention this in my um, uh, wrap-up of my visit going home, but, Russell, I need to tell you about, uh, have you heard of a, a gas station called Bucky's? Yeah. I experienced a Bucky's. Oh, where? In Alabama. Oh, I, I thought it was a Texas thing only. Oh no, it started okay. in Texas, but they're 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 starting to uh, get uh, sprawn all throughout the um, southeastern uh, part of the United cool. States. Was it big? No, Russell. I'll say this: um, I was in Birmingham for three days. I went to Bucky's three times. Oh fuck it! Did, were you eating there every time, dude? I spent about a hundred dollars on food at Bucky's. Damn, you didn't get any merch. Uh, I think everything I got was edible. No, I got a Bucky's uh, koozie. Oh, okay. That's on brand. There you go. Um, brisket. Very good brisket. They had like a, a brisket sausage turkey sandwich. It was good. Breakfast taco. Brisket breakfast taco. Shut up about this food. Excellent. It's like four. I haven't eaten today. And breakfast you're talking- burrito. Excellent. Oh my God. Fudge. Excellent. Jalapeno peanut butter brittle. Excellent. You didn't pack any fudge? I got fudge. You want some fudge? You, you packed fudge? Yeah, I got fudge. You got Bucky's fudge? I packed fudge. Oh, dude, okay. I packed the fudge. I want. Also, the best thing they have is something called beaver nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's like a more caramelized corn pop. It's fan- oh. it's fantastic. Now, um, they go stale very quickly. So you you got to enjoy your beaver nuggets fresh. Oh, I also, <laughs> as part of the payment for um, helping somebody move. Oh, boy. I got a Ziploc bag full of uh, caramel corn. Oh, my God. And I, this dude. This is the most. You need to I be was, better people. <laughs> I was kind of shocked. You need to have better people in your life. Um, also, I got a opened, <laughs> uh, a opened plastic container of oregano. And I got... <laughs> What, and they told you it was weed? No, no. Um, but yeah, the caramel corn, uh, not stale. I was shocked. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I tried it. And I'm In ready. my mind, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, it's stale. No, it wasn't. Okay. It was kind of gooey, though. Oh, great. Well, I'm glad you didn't get paid in pocket, <laughs> pocket corn, man. I think it was just gooey because there was chocolate, and we mixed it into fresh popcorn, and the chocolate melted. Yeah, it was good. I was yeah, shocked. Yeah. Uh, but uh, 12 out of 12 stars for Bucky's. Okay. Uh, also, now as far as uh, Russell, I would I would say easily 100 gas pumps. 
I mean, oh. three giant bays of gas pumps. Oh, I don't like that. And then the inside, uh, it's the size of a Walmart. It's 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 an enormous space. I don't yeah, I don't like that. No, you would like it. No, it's, it's terrifying. It's the best place on the earth. What if one Buckies. of them blow what if it's like GTA and somebody drives their car into a gas station? No. I, can the I tell you the whole place is can, gonna go up? No, no, no. Cause can I tell you right now? It's Christmas time. And the vibe at Bucky's is bumping right now. It's good vibes. Are you sure? That might just be Alabama. No, no, no. No, because there are no bad vibes at Bucky's. Or, well, okay, well, I mean, I just feel like people in California are grumpy all the time. Of course. Yeah. And guess where there are no Bucky's? I know. California doesn't deserve it. Well, they probably would ban them. Of course they would. They're like, you're born where? You ain't coming in. Of course they're like, you can't have beaver nuggets. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. The size of a Walmart for sure. There's pictures of it. Oh. CNN. I love Bucky's. CNN. For some reason, CNN. It's probably a warning. <laughs> Bucky's are spreading. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that in there. Um, now let's start. Let's now we're gonna flip the bitch and go back to Adult Town. Back to Adult Town. That's right. Okay. Uh, to talk about Todd Haynes' new movie, May December, twenty years after their. Nef- Oh my God, dude, COVID really wrecked you. 20 years after their notorious tabloid romance gripped the nation, a married couple buckles under pressure when an actress arrives to do research for a film about their past. Uh, this, this film just came out on Friday, I believe. I'm talking to you on Sunday, so May, December has been out to the public for two days. So I will tread lightly here. I will just say this movie is fantastic. It's incredibly smart. It's incredibly funny. Um, it hits all the notes you want here. The cast could not be better. Um, it's very smart. It's a little sad. It's a little icky. It's a little sweet. And you feel a little numb in places. Um, <laughs> like going to the doctor. I don't know what that means. Okay. But what I do know. <laughs> it, the cast is fantastic. Uh, Julianne Moore... And Todd Haynes, I mean, you know, th- I mean, this is this is Stockton and Malone. This is Pippin and Jordan, baby. They know how to work together. They and she is she's so good. She's so good at um, playing, you know, very sheltered, uh, disturbed characters. And that's what her character is, as she had an affair uh, with Charles Melton's character, Joe, when Joe was a seventh grader and she was a 36 year old woman. And they were working at a pet store together, and she fucked a 13-year-old and left her husband, started a family with Joe, and they're still together, and they have, like, five kids together. And then Gracie, she still got kids from her other husband. So there's this weird, you know, rival family dynamic. Then you throw in Natalie Portman's character, who is playing an actress, a famous actress, um, who basically, I think, has the exact same work as Natalie Portman, which is an interesting <laughs> thing they threw into the movie, who's also executive producer. Natalie Portman is fantastic in this. Um, Good. I, I'm, I like rooting for her. This is a great movie. I This is so good. Um, it's, and uh, man, the score may be my favorite part. That's all I'll say. There are moments in there where you're waiting to hear it, and then you hear the theme, and uh, it's just, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, it's it's sort of lynching in that way. Um, but it's 
I highly, highly, highly recommend May December. Oh, Netflix. It's great. You know, it's funny. I at first when you talked about Todd Haynes, I was thinking Todd Salons. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be gnarly. And I'm oh, just no. like looking and I'm like, no, it's not <laughs> it, I mean, you know We're going uh, to Adult Town, you know what I mean? I was ready to uh, fucking put some uh Oh my god, yeah, that's my father on no pump lemonade in my iced tea. You know, I think that the restraint that is shown here when we're dealing with sort of very, you know, salacious material. There's <laughs> salacious crumb. I don't know why. <laughs> Shout out to him. Um, but you know uh, what Also I mean? in Star Wars? Like, it's just, um, I just like everything about it and, and how that, you know, Natalie Portman has just sort of injected herself in, in this family's life. And then, you know, Joe's just trying to... Uh, deal with everything and and then the, you know there's sort of an attraction there um it's fantastic and uh there's some there's some russell there's a really good joke there i'll just go ahead and tell you now um where again it's uh Natalie portman is in um a cafe or something and she's interviewing somebody that was related to sort of this case is that, you know, not only is she shadowing the family, but she's talking with the residents of the town to try to get a, you know, an idea of, you know, the character that she's about to embody is playing, you know, Julianne Moore's character for this movie. And, um, someone comes up to her in the restaurant and she says, Oh, and I just loved you in Noah's Ark. <laughs> and, uh, or, or she just may have said Noah. She was like, thank you so much. And uh, I just thought that was a perfect movie to say that for this, given sort of the context of what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, it was just, uh, I don't know. It's, its its you know, as you can imagine with Todd Haynes, it's, uh, I, I think this was also a, a blacklisted um, script. So it was on the famous blacklist. And uh, I think it was perfect. I th um, one of my favorite movies from him, I think. Really good. I don't know how many I've actually watched. Did you see Carol? I, I'm not. I, I'm sure you didn't see the Bob Dylan movie. Did not Carol to see it. Carol's okay. What, I don't Dark think, Waters. You never saw oh, Dark, Dark Waters. Water, keep on rolling. Dark I don't think Waters I've seen any of these. Right, well, you got to get on it, dude. Velvet Goldmine. You maybe. never saw Safe or Velvet Goldmine. I've never felt or safe. Far from Heaven. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any of it. Right. Well, you got to get on it, brother. All right. Todd Haynes is out there, and he's slinging heat. And uh, May, December gets, uh, you know what? Let's call it uh, 10 and a half out of 12. All right, good. If it beat Thanksgiving, I was going to be mad. Now you allow half stars? You said 10 and a half? No, yeah. I just ignore him. It's 10. 10 and a half. All right. You, you want to... Set up this. One. Oh, is this the handoff? Or I could, you know, um, you know what? I think I should because I need to give proper uh, credit where credit is due. Here, um, you know what? Fuck, <coughs> I forgot to tell him. Is David still here? Oh God. Oh, would you look at that? He's right outside the door. It's now time for rich shit. Hey now. All right, thanks, David. You can leave now. Yeah, he was nice already day. grumpy. Um, yeah, Rich, uh, hit me up. We were talking about Uff, 24 Hour 23, and he kind of casually, as only a friend of ours could do, dropped in, um, hey, you know the uh, director of Pumpkin Carver has a new movie out. He's like, uh, I haven't watched it. It's on Amazon. 
could be a possible drone kill. That was all he said. <laughs> could be a possible could drone Could be a possible kill. drone kill. And I said, you know what? I'm in. And by that, I told Oksana, I said, can you figure out what the movie's called? Because I didn't even look it up. Uh, the movie is called R, the letter, B-N-B, lowercase n, for those wondering. It's dynamite. <laughs> a wealthy Manhattan couple celebrates their first year wedding anniversary at a secluded Airbnb. It says Airbnb right there. I know, man. Only to realize that they are being secretly videotaped. But why? I'll tell you why. Because people like to look at naked people. What? Duh. Then move on. Also. I agree. Um, the movie's fucking weird. And when it uh, opened initially, I, I think I mentioned um, Neil Breen. And I don't think I was far off. It, it's strange. Pumpkin Carver is such a genre heavy movie. Like we're always immersed in Halloween. There's always kind of like genre shit going on. In this one, it feels like two-thirds lifetime, which, I, you know, I think weird characters can only carry a movie so far, especially when we're doing a bunch of shit that you know probably won't pay off in the end. Or it's like, why are we watching them do this? Like, nothing significant happened. And um, also, when the third act is constantly being teased throughout the first and second act, for with like no, there's no rhyme or reason. Yeah. I, it, it felt like he was doing a Hitchcock, like the birds, like, don't worry, they're coming. Something will happen. And then you look at the cover of the movie and it's the third act. Yeah. I don't know. Like, what are we doing? It's the third act that is poorly photoshopped. <laughs> and it, it looks like, you know, one lady is eating the face of another lady. Oh, dude. Yeah. She, she had some uh, large chiclets in that, uh. That I'm, fine with that. I, I, I'm, I'm good with the big tooth broad. No, she's fine. It's just, you know, I always feel, I feel bad for the actors whenever a director is not, I'm like, it's your job. Make them look good. Especially if you're going to cast people like this cast are all pretty people. Except for that, that bad dude. I'm like, he looked a little bit off. Can I tell me. you, I think the casting is the best part of this movie. Yeah, me too. I agree. And the location. I like the house. Yeah. I, but I thought everything was a little bit misused. I thought the script was not strong. I thought the premise of the movie was kind of dumb. But I was here for it. And I'm, I'm glad I watched it with people because this, you just can't make this journey the, alone. The dialogue is a little annoying. Oh, very. Yeah, very, very basic here. Um, also, it's weird because you mentioned early on that this is the most white couple we've ever experienced in film. And then it starts taking a turn they're they're having one of the most white fucking dinners ever it's outdoors this candle lit they have wine glasses and one girl goes i've had a little bit of wine so if the question i'm about to ask isn't pc just let me know and it, i wanted to kill myself i wanted to self-delete right there and uh she asked what did she ask i can't even remember about the age gap oh yeah uh, and he's like oh is it our age now the uh the lead that you love the blonde lady she's good she's supposed to be 28 I wasn't buying that. Maybe some city miles on there. Mm, she looked a little bit 38. Yeah, but, you know, she's a good-looking gal. Also, the other two who are supposed to be younger than the main guy, they made a comment about, oh, you know, we're not going to get married. We don't want paper defining our relationship. Probably a millennial thing. And I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, so weird. But uh, the other guy, Silver Fox, I like oh, their chemistry. Down. Uh, him. Ryan Thomas. Wait, wait. Ryan? 
Ryan Thomas imagine, played by Ryan. I imagine it's both Ryan. Why even why make the distinction of changing one letter? Because the character's name is Ryan with an A. <laughs> Ryan with an uh, this is I this is the problem with the movie. Nothing is genuine. Although I would like to take out the big spotlight and get the party streamers and the kazoos and the whole band, the whole family around to celebrate uh you know, Gloria Mann, who uh Fantastic. I loved her. She was the uh, the sister that the brother would not listen to the whole film. She had all the answers, but none of the respect. Yeah. And uh, she's a boxer. <laughs> she's kind of like a low-rent um, uh, Linda Katie, Hamilton. Katie from- Seagal is who she Katie, is. Katie, she felt more like T2 Linda Hamilton to me. She looks like Katie Seagal. She, okay, the face of Katie Seagal, but the like small package, but like very sinewy type yeah. of woman body. And uh, she showed up and... Took- oh, she, she was throwing some elbows. Yeah, no, she did good. She did good. Yeah. Um, She felt like she belonged in a Tommy Wiseau movie to me, but I liked her. All right. Can we, can we, can we talk about... What? What, what? what is this movie? I don't know. I don't understand how it ended. Uh, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand... What happened? I don't. Uh, well, what happened is uh, Airbnb is a brand. So they decided to call the movie RBNB. But they don't. And then they had the weirdest tiny kitchen, which was giving me anxiety. There was a full size dinner table in a tiny little. If you were to sit in a chair and try and open the fridge, it, it wouldn't work. They also hung a picture on a door. Which Oksana pointed out, and I couldn't look away from. Hey, pal, you ever been to New York? I did. Yeah, but this wasn't New York. This is a fucking it was, mansion. It was New York. It was New York. It was, but it was it was northern it was, New it York. It was a cottage. It was a fucking three story mansion. It was no, 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 no. You're you're misappropriating it. They were in the cottage. Oh, it was the okay. cottage. Wait, so the mansion is where they were doing all the surveillance from? Well, that's where that's where the ponytail Joe Rogan was. Oh, that's oh god, ponytail. <laughs> that dude, he was more like um, uh, what's what's the conspiracy he just, he theory? He had a bow and arrow, so he's automatically Joe Rogan. No, but I think you're on. But who's his uh, Eddie Bravo? He's the one. He's, yeah. yeah, that's what he is. Much more Eddie Bravo vibes. God, dude, and he was like, "We're eating trout for dinner," and I was thinking he was gonna have some cool giant fish. He had these little like fucking pathetic things that he burnt on a grill. That the fish thing. <laughs> I mean. Dude, reason enough to watch this movie is the fish thing. The fish, it was it was fucking weird. But the we're burying the lead here. The stars of this movie are the um, Polina, <laughs> the Russian exchange student, and Hayden Marie, who is a uh, I don't know what was he? He had I, a necklace hanging from his earlobes. <laughs> I yeah, I he was practicing casting a fishing uh, line. In the middle of a field, and he ended up hitting the lead in the shoulder. And they had the most awkward... God, man, this movie. I hated them so much. They were terrible. I kind of liked Polina. I wish she would have done something. I mean, she was a Russian woman with an ACDC shirt, so maybe I'm biased, but... She was obnoxious, too. Oh, yeah. But that other guy with the fucking... He literally... I'm not making that up. He had... His earlobes were pierced three times, and then through it, he had a necklace... That was hanging. It was like a wallet chain or something. <laughs> he had an earlobe yeah. chain. A bizarre movie. And Rich, I hate to break it to you, but uh, we did not have a drone kill. Although the drone 
very good performance. We had a we had a uh, attack. We had a north by northwest <laughs> uh, drone attack. Good, good job. You're totally right. It you was know? very yeah. It was uh, the drone, dude, with the same amount of tension. It's funny because the movie, the movie wanted you to think that the drone was like a spy, like sneaking around in the sky watching them. Yet in the audio track, it was incredibly loud. Like, so it's like, you're not sneaking up on anybody. So when they're in their bedroom and they open up the curtain and it's just a drone looking in, how did you not hear that? Of, Of course. It's the loudest drone known to man. You know, okay, I feel like we're just spoiling this movie. So I do want to mention that the third act, it does pay off a little bit. What do you, how? Uh, because, <laughs> I, what is it called? Oh God, I'm going to lose all my fucking wrestling cred. What is it called when you throw somebody in the ropes? Is that a lariat or is that like a running clothesline? I don't know. Anyway, somebody gets thrown into a crib and it, it uh, explodes like it's in a wrestling ring. Um, then one of the bars of the crib is used as a human stake. Like you were going to kill a vampire, but for humans and just the, the fucking, the violence that unfolds in that room while a girl is strapped to a bed pronounces for the first time in the movie that she's pregnant, uh, is about to be a surrogate for a, um, uh, a forced insemination, uh, threesome too, kind of hot. And, uh, hell yeah. You know, I just the whole thing unfolded so bizarrely. And then, you know, you get fucking uh, uh, Linda Hamilton showing up with the Katie Seagal face. She's beating everybody up. It was I liked it. She the, was great. But the I'm talking the very ending of the story. Oh, no, the very ending. There was no ending. Oh, there was an ending. But it 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 it, it turned into weird. I, <laughs> I, the motivation made no sense yeah. to me. It felt, you know what it reminded me and of? It, I just feel like we undid everything here. It reminded me of uh, that movie that we almost talked to the director of, um, Good Boy. Yeah. Where at the very end, they do like a curveball thing, and you're like, you're not shyamalan me. You're like, this is just dumb. Yeah. Do you, it, do you know what I'm talking about? That's what it was here. Yeah. Well, here, we'll go ahead and uh, I'll just say it. Um, the pretty blonde that was supposed to be 28, at the end of the movie, so in the very beginning- there's a little bit of a back and forth about how um, her husband likes his sister more than her, except she never expresses that. The sister's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. You need to listen to me, not your wife. And she, he's like, but that's my wife. You're my sister. And it's very clear that he likes, you know, his young blonde more. Yeah. By the end of the movie, uh, the young blonde is not convinced and uh, maybe kills them both. Yeah. After they just saved her life. Well, that was the thing. It's like, you know, I... They sort of planted that incestuous thing at the beginning. Yeah, if that would have paid off, that would have been cool. Because I'm going to tell you, when they were talking before he made the, you know, um, which is the very sharp script writing of, I'm your brother. Yeah. Before that, I was like, oh, is this your ex? I know. It that felt like an ex-wife, yeah. And then, you know, she's like, you said her name. And then they hugged for way too long. And then the wife is like, oh, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like you tip on something interesting and you do nothing. Well, you end the movie. Here's the thing. Our, uh, but bo- that's the only, there was nothing ongoing. I don't know, man. Robert yeah. Mann, who I think did everything for this movie, writer, director, he clearly edited it. This movie had some bad editing in it. 
And um, Ooh, the demon showed up to tell us that. I feel like he's only halfway to like why so status. Like if he were a little bit more unhinged or like off. Are you saying he pulled a half a what's up? Yeah, and it, it kind of left me feeling like that. Like did this he, isn't fun. Did he do a wuss or a oh? Oh my god. Well, he might. It's more of an oh. He's a uh, more of an ew. What's half a breen? He's a. He's e. <laughs> e. That's fair. Um. Yeah. This movie, man. I was kind of bummed. I was looking forward to it. Out of twelve. Oh, how dare you? What would you give it? Fuck, oh, dude. I think I'd have to go four. Five. I think I'd have to go four out of twelve. That's low. No, come, but come not, meet me at five. Not when you tell people. Come how, meet me at five. You go. How many stars? You go four. They're like, oh, that's a good rating. Out of. And then you tell them, well, it's not a 12, buddy. Five out of 12. It's not a five. Five out of 12. Why would I give it a... All right, hold on. Let me let it, let me marinate. Okay, fine, five. There we go. I do think there is... Oh, man. I very much enjoyed the songs that were played in the car. You're alone there. That no, was it was a perfect... Shit. It was no. a Yes, it was a perfect marriage... To the lame conversation and the lame couple, I they were my favorite part of the movie. What about in the beginning when they're driving to the uh, you know the week retreat? Yeah, and uh, she's like, "How about when we get there, we make love?" And he's like, "Why wait?" And then there's a hard cut. Oh yeah, to him on the hood with her, except we're like a mile away. Yeah, but like, it's a nice shot. Fuck? It's a nice shot. There's waterfall and anal. There's- what else do you want? <laughs> It actually was missionary in a creek, so don't oversell this movie. It was not missionary. She was leaned yeah. over the hood. No, they were face to face. Was I know I thought yeah. she was leaned over. See, there, you're, you must have been uh, fantasizing about what you would have done to your pretty that's, blonde. That, that's, if you're going to have sex on the hood of a car. No, they were eye to eye. She was on her back. That's not how you Wait, do okay, that. Wait, okay, okay, Oksana, you got to weigh in here. Get on your stomach like a lady. <laughs> Oksana, we I'm, need. I'm we pretty need. sure she was on her back. Yeah, dude. I could have sworn it was in a dogged fashion. These are the whitest people you've ever met. I understand. That's why I was excited for them. If you look at the photos for this movie on IMDb, I think they cut out a musical number during their weird uh, grill. No, they didn't. Wait, what? Wait, what photos? There's no photos on here. Oh, A musical number? What are you? Whoa. Nope. I think you're right. Did that happen? There's a guitar. And the girls are dancing. Yeah, Silver Fox never played the guitar. Also, she never wore that outfit. Also, all the photos are... Yeah, the outfit happened. Both of those outfits happened. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. They got a trainer for the girl for the boxing. She was great. Oh, it shows them <laughs> filming in the crib. Whoa, this is a great IMDb photos here. Dude, that's... I think you're right. They cut out a musical number. That should be your screensaver. <laughs> oh, he's chasing the drone. The, actually, the drone's chasing him. All right. You know what? I think we need to bump it up to six stars. Yeah, oh, dude. Hot. When, when does that happen? Never. I think that's the cover of the movie. I think it is. Okay. Again, I know we don't have a visual thing. Just go uh, back home. Oh, my, my God. God. I hate There's the them. Russian girl digging a I hole. I hate them so much. You know, again, I love that Twitter question where it's like, what is something that's really hard in real life that is easy in movies? And my favorite is digging a hole. It's very hard to do. This movie, they made it look impossible. <laughs> she was getting like a handful of dirt with that fucking also, shovel. She, look at where she's digging. She's digging on an incline. Wait, he's got a garbage bag in his hand. Yeah. They, Why? That, what are they burying? Nothing. They don't know what they're doing. Probably the fucking script. You know what? <laughs> Back down to four star. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
Whoa, dude. Yeah, it was. That was the cover. Whoa, what a weird movie. She's wearing a journey sweater, too. Also, I sh- I should say there's the a part of what you just said. There's a uh, girl on girl kiss. Girl there's a on girl conversation about uh, maybe a threesome. Very titillating. Worth, all, worth the all, watch. Hey, dude, we've all had those conversations. <laughs> Come on. She's like, have you ever thought about uh, tongue in a girl? Also, your blonde didn't really. She was leaned into that immediately and then felt regretful immediately. And I was like, that's a little out of character. No, dude. You know. No, fuck who, that. Who don't want to get a you know a kiss and leave? Also, I have to give a shout out to the best reveal of the movie, where of course you knew that the girl who's kidnapping could not, she could not bear children. Every fucking horror movie about this is always it's the always same. Always about your barren yeah. vagina. She's like, I can't do it, so I'm down <laughs> watching my boy bone you, and then yeah. we'll have your ki- yeah, okay. But then uh. Reveal, cut to the the desk or the dresser top where there are all the children who couldn't come to full term in little jars. It was a, uh, it caught me off guard. So wild. <laughs> so wild. And then, you know, that awkward needle drop. Oh my God. Yeah, that's my God. father. I'm sorry. Hip hop needle <laughs> drop is my new favorite thing. Also, okay. what was the name of one of the children? It was so not a normal baby name. Uh, it was like Dorcas or something. It wasn't Dorcas. (laughs) It might have well been. All right. All right. And then um, I got two more movies. So bear with me. We'll go uh, quickly here. Actually, Oksana, do you want to set up the next one that you picked? I don't say. Is it a retread? No, but I know the guy. You know the guy. I didn't know he had. We had him on the show. Why didn't you tell me he had a movie? Because I enjoy you and I want you to be happy. (laughs) And you don't need. Oksana, you want to go ahead and you want to set it up or you want me to? So. I'll just say um, we watched a movie last year called The Harbinger. And when I was looking it up, this movie kept popping up. And I was like, oh, hey, that's the guy who did (laughs) Witch in the Window. 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 Andy Andy Mitten. We had him on the show. Great guy. Also uh, has written musicals. Oh. Oksana, back to you. (laughs) I don't know. The other Harbinger was a bizarre bizarre experience so i was curious how this one would be and it was on tubi so all right i'll take it from there also the last movie we watched rbnb amazon prime four dollar five dollar <laughs> rental ten dollar to buy um also uh sony's been removing digital content uh shout out to east space cinematographer jasadi who said bro i fucked up i'm buying movies now Physical format. Y'all should have been doing that anyway. Bruh. So Oksana and me sat down. We, we had a little bit of time. I think it was uh, almost midnight. It's like, finally, we can watch a movie. I, I said, I'll watch any movie. Just you got to pick it. Here we go. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll come back. She said, okay, cool. She went to Tubi. I said, all right, we're, we're in for one now. I'm like, wait, Andy Mitten. Okay. And uh, The Harbinger from 2022. Monique ventures out of quarantine. First red flag. I didn't Mon- read the Monique ventures out of quarantine to visit an old friend who's plagued by nightmares. She finds herself drawn into a hellish dreamscape where she must face her greatest fears or risk had never having existed at all. Oh boy. Um, yeah, there's a lot there. Um, oh man, I don't even know where to begin with this movie. I'll tell you that, um, did not age well. It my problem here, and I know if you listen to the show, you know in I, one year I hate virtue signaling, and I felt you no know way here. What a <laughs> shocker! So um, we have 
what, Hey, and you know what? Airbnb love the casting, right? Yeah. But the script, we're like, what the hell's going on? And I'm kind of disappointed to say the same thing about our, our boy, Andy Mitten. I, um, I thought the cast was really good. And yet we, I'm like, what are we doing? It was the most canned dialogue ever with our, our family. So we, we have a black family opening up and, um, they're hanging out in quarantine and they are, uh, I don't, you know, I was, I worked all through quarantine. So I had a different outlook. Thank you for your service. Life was kind of, you know, regular. These people felt like they lived in a ranch on a hill with no neighbors and yet were still terrified. So when um, her brother would go out and bring back groceries, they were wiping it down with disinfectant wipes. And Oksana went, oh, no. <laughs> and like there's so, so many people are wearing masks in here. Uh, so what ends up happening is that our lead gets contact. Uh, Monique, she gets contacted by her friend named Mavis. That's a good name. That's a fun, look here. Emily Davis is Mavis. Mavis Beacon typing. You remember Mavis Beacon typing? What? Are Mavis you pranking me right now? Beacon. No. Typing. Oh, yeah, dude. It was... Uh, Is that a riddle? No, it was this very uh, attractive-looking black lady who had a typing program <laughs> oh, called cool. Mavis Beacon Typing. Well, this That's Mavis, how I learned how to type. She's a... Uh, I don't know. She's supposed to be kind of like a frail white woman who's going crazy in her apartment. Not my Mavis. Because uh, the lockdown is killing her. And this movie, the problem is it's so clearly just a movie about the pandemic, which is fine. And it's just so melodramatic. Like, so she, what happens is she leaves her, her father and her brother. And it's like, I'm going, I promised my friend I would be there for it. So I'm going. And her brother's just like, you can't do it. Like, what do you, what's going to happen when you try to come back? And she's like, I'll quarantine. I have to like, I'll, I'll, I'll quarantine myself for two weeks. And it's all very like, they're just talking about like, oh, the masks. Oh, you're going to go out there. You're going to bring it back. You know, dad, he's got a, they don't say a comorbidity, but they, they say like, you know, he's got health problems and I don't know. It's just so fucking melodramatic. And she goes out, she ventures into the wild city, right? And uh, she gets into the apartment. The first thing that happens when she's walking in is uh, I'm guessing a mother is carrying her, her son over her shoulder. And he looks like he's probably 12. Alex, how old do you think that kid was? Like 10? Probably 9 or 10, yeah. I think or they eight. say he's like 6 in the movie. But he's like, <coughs> like coughing. And he looks up and he has raccoon eyes. Oh. Like they're completely black. He looks like he just came out of a casket. Hell yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. So then you get in there, yada, yada, yada. I'll, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. The kid dies. Oh, no. And then we go out into the uh, the hallway of the apartment, and everybody's like, I thought they said kids couldn't get it. They're like, kids can get it. It's just not normal. And they're all like, this is why we need it. And there's one lady not wearing a mask, and she's the demon. Everybody's just like, "This? do you believe it now? I think somebody yells at her, and she just snarls and goes back into her, her lair. And... Uh, when, when Monique shows up to her friend's house, she knocks on the door and they do the most painful dance of like, oh, what do we do? Can we take off our masks? I promise I've been wiping down everything. I bring disinfectant wipes everywhere. I've been good. I've been getting tested. And she's like, me too. I promise. Every time we go to the bathroom, I and it's like, what are we doing? Like we're spending a lot of time, like a significant amount of time. And I'm like, if this movie is supposed to be like an escape for people in the quarantine, 
kind of like dealing with it in like a safe way and kind of watching other people do the awkward dance. So maybe you don't have to, or maybe it feels a little bit easier when you do eventually. Yeah. It's not, it, it didn't, it, it didn't ease any anxieties. I felt like it only heightened them. It only like aggrandized the fucking apocalypse that was quarantine. And now in 2023 in the Bay area where I don't see a lot of people wearing masks anymore. I still do though. God, I still do. I, uh, I was like, this feels like an alien world. It feels like a sci-fi movie at this point. Like we're so removed. Safety. And the whole, the whole movie deals with it. In fact, the, the Harbinger who is the, uh, the phantom, it's kind of like a not very fun Freddy Krueger. So what's happening to Mavis is she's haunted in her dreams and she'll lose multiple nights. Oh, well, actually, I guess she gains multiple nights. She'll be asleep for days. Ooh, daylight savings. Yeah, it's kind of the reverse. Like, Freddy won't let you sleep. This guy almost wants you to sleep until you don't exist anymore. Oh, that's my kind of... Yeah, I know. It's not that bad, honestly. Oh, sign me up, brother. Come help me anytime. It is kind of like he had sleep apnea or something. She does wake up standing up. Except they don't... Andy doesn't really... He doesn't portray it like they did in Paranormal Activity, where you're kind of, like, hovering over a bed or doing creepy things. You're just not... In bed. And I guess that's creepy too. Also, uh, shout out to um, Cody Braverman, who played Edward, who was a, you know what, Cody? I thought you were going to be obnoxious, but I kind of liked you. He plays the uh, the ghost of the dead kid in the are apartment. You, are you talking to a child that you kind <laughs> of liked his performance? I did. Well, he's, I'm, Cody, you're a kid and you're going to grow up. But, you know, in horror or movies. Or he may not. When or you may not, maybe, maybe Benjamin Button, maybe COVID will get you. I don't know <laughs> what I was going with, but okay, okay. Well, you know, you've been gone for a week, so we got to think up again. It's true. Um, I he just he wasn't that obnoxious, and I think that's a huge win if you're a child actor in a horror movie. Also, the fucking the the plague doctor looking, uh, not so fun Freddy Krueger, he looked cool too. Um, cinematography, I I liked it. I, it, the movie didn't feel like it had a ton of money, but well executed. Andy Mitten can do that. Just the goddamn script. God, I don't know if it was preachy or virtue signaling or if it's just like revisiting something that I think everybody just kind of wants to let go in such an intimate kind of ugly way. Yeah. It's like, what? This isn't fun. And it's so, you know, the the unfun Freddy Krueger, he shows up. And he's kind of an urban legend. He's he's like folklore. And he's got the um the Freddy problem where if you talk about him a bunch, he's like sleep paralysis and other people get it. He kind of feels like he's a narrative for like forums. <laughs> like he's a bad idea. And you know, if you get a bad idea in your head, which is weird, because how do you avoid hearing a bad idea? You shut people out, right? Yeah. So the movie is kind of about people being alone and needing connectivity yet don't hear a bad idea because that might plant an egg in your head. And then that egg is going to make you vanish. And it's like, is that for like a, a moral argument? Like you'll become, you'll change who you are. So you like your friends stop talking to you and which is what happened to Mavis. I don't oh, know. Mavis. There's a lot here. And honestly, I did have kind of fun, like working through it, just thinking about what the movie was trying to say and, Andy Mitten, you know, he's a competent filmmaker, but the script, man, it just, I don't, it wasn't fun. <laughs> it just, it wasn't the whole COVID thing, the way that her family, like, cause Monique goes back and they treat her shitty. 
And I'm yeah. like, what? Do we really? Like, nobody looks good here. And even Monique, she abandons Mavis. She sneaks out one night and comes back home. And they're like, well, did it, did you go out and help her? And she's like, actually, I did the shittiest thing I could. I left in the night. She literally says that. So I'm like, yeah, it made everybody shitty. I don't know. And they talked to an online um, demonologist via Zoom call. And it was kind of my favorite part of the movie. But the uh, demonologist is like, tear up that picture you just drew. Because Monique is also a very good um, illustrator. She she drew a bird. It was very cute. She gave it to her dad. And um, she's like, tear it up. Because if you talk about this thing, you're going to bring him back. Oh, bye-bye, man. Yeah. <laughs> God, you're right. It is kind of a bye-bye, man parallel. Um. Yeah, that movie, I don't know. Oksana, what would you give it? <laughs> also, do you want to add anything? I- I'll tell you. Other than your very Machiavellian type of laugh? Well, here's the... We watched Twisted Metal, and she was like, are we really going to watch all Twisted this? Twisted Metal was a great show. No, it was. It's right. fucking garbage. Uh, 10 out of 12, dude. Um, it was, it was, we didn't get through it. It was terrible. And Oksana gave me shit the whole time. Are we going to? And then we threw it back on. Now, it got better. This time, uh, Oksana was, <laughs> we were right back at it. <laughs> we can turn this off. If you want, we can, I'm like, we can't turn it off. We're in it now. We're fucking 45 minutes we were in. like. 10 minutes in when I was like, I don't know if I want to finish this. Yeah, but I don't do that. That's not part of my brand. I don't abandon a movie. It's happened. What was that talking tattoo movie? I can't remember. Velvet Buzzsaw. Yeah, Velvet Buzzsaw. All right. What what do you think, Oksana? Anything to add? The demonologist was definitely one of the better parts, especially, I don't know, something about the way her face moved. I was expecting a (laughs) weird reveal at the end. It didn't happen. Yeah. Um, man, how many? Because the plague doctor looked cool in a lot of this movie, I think I'd give it like a four out of twelve. Whoa, that yeah. bumped it! Here's the thing: the plague doctors are so like boring. Like they look cool, and that's why they appear everywhere. And you know, even the silhouette—it's like fucking Mickey Mouse. You're like, oh, we're doing a plague doctor, cool. And you know, every now and then, like Art the Clown. He made clowns cool again. I think uh, the Harbinger, he he made uh, the Plague Doctor thing work. There's a little bit of touch of character in there. I liked him. Also, I'm going to spoil something here. He gets his head sawed off. And I love that moment. I really did. So there's a little bit to like here. I, th- oh, if I'm being honest. There's also one part of the movie where it felt like he was about to turn into like a creepy pasta or like a an urban legend kind of monster. Um, it did not go there either. <laughs> you know what? What do you, I think I'm going to do something weird. What do you turn into a uh, creepy antipasto? Hey, I'm going to we'll do something weird week. here. Here we go. And I think I'm going to give it 10 out of 12. I'm going to say overrate I, it. I think I'm going to say that I liked not liking this movie. Okay. Like I, I try to imagine if somebody came over and they're like, Hey, no we one's going to argue on that. One. <laughs> I think, and they're like, Hey, you want to throw on the Harbinger? I'd be like, not really, but I'd, I'd talk about What's it. What's your score? Well, I'm trying to give my, myself an exit. I think I'm going to probably... What he's do gonna, you think? He's going to give it like a seven or an eight. I was thinking a seven. Why? They said six all over it. Stamp it and let's move on. I don't know. I You know, the problem is that... The problem is... It? No, you're right. You're right. I should give it a... 
you know, I have a whole bit about how these ratings don't matter, but yet I feel like Randy will come in here next week and be like, um, actually you gave this movie. So I have to be careful. You know what? If I'm stalling, that's why, because I have a fucking, the crosshair is always on my head. Well, then Randy should, Stead is out there. Well, then you should be prepared. <laughs> but I don't. And not just worry about the after the All fact. right. You know what? Six stars. You're right. There it is. Fucking hate it. Still, it sounds like I'm overrating the movie. Um, All right. Andy Bin, great guy though. Love him. Nope. I, I hope I hope the lockdown was not as bad as I felt after watching this movie was for him. Well, you never know. And I have one more movie. And of course, it's called. I, I didn't like how it was. It's a it wonderful there. knife. Dude, oh, I was thinking oh. that. It's a wonderful knife. Oh, oh. So it's a wonderful knife. That's the name of the movie. Uh, remember Happy Death Day? And you're like, wow, how fun was it when they added time travel to a slasher movie? And that's that's what we got. And, uh, you know, we're all huge fans. Gigantic Jimmy Stewart fans here at the Overlook oh, House. Oh, everybody. Yeah. And remember his flop that got dumped on TV for years and then turned into a holiday tradition? Yeah. Called It's a Wonderful Life? What if there was a slasher element in there? That's really what I've been dying for. With Joel McHale. With Joel McHale. And... Don't forget our favorite. Justin Long. Justin Long. Now, okay. I like Justin. Here, we're going to go in spoiler territory here. So if you're dying to watch this movie or something, it's on Shudder right now. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Don't spoil it. I was going to watch it. Are you? Oh, God. Are you really going to watch it? I was. Okay, fine. Amanda saw it and said it was very meh. (sighs) Wow, you deflated my whole. Are you really going to watch it? What? Are you going to? I mean, if. Okay, let me just air my grievances, and go. then you can watch it, and then we can retread All right, later. Sh- All right. This movie, uh, it employs a reversed structure to a traditional good film. We open up Ooh. with the third act, on purpose, mind you. So this movie, again, it, it, it we're, I so call what did Crispin Glover think of this film? I call this slasher fusion okay. as a genre, because it's like, let's take a slasher movie and mix it with the Friday Night Lights. That'll be fun. well. Actually, that is I'm actual, in. So yeah, that also there's not enough tropes. It's the or best weird. idea you've ever had. <laughs> More like Porky's. That doesn't work either. No, there's got to be like a weird, um, whimsical element to the narrative. Yeah. This one, uh, yeah, again, if you know, it's a wonderful life. It's all about like what? If, what if I wasn't alive? You know, they, that was my Jimmy, by the way. That was a great <laughs> Jimmy. And it's like, okay, well, guess what? Now you get to live your life. No, now, now you get teleported to a parallel dimension where you're not alive. And you decide, is it better or worse without you? And what a weird, egotistical kind of narrative anyway. In this movie, the way that it happens is that there was a slasher. Um, I will talk a little bit about how he looks. Uh, dressed in all white. Weird choice <laughs> when you're going to be stabbing people. Yeah, but in the snow. I get it. There is a maybe an argument for camouflage. I will tell but you. But once blood comes into the picture. Can I talk a little bit about the kills up top? Please. That happened in the very beginning. The first appearance of the slasher is uh, he jumps out of a snowman, which leaves me with more questions than answers. As it would. And I'm like, well, how did you do? Did you arrive at the front of this house, build a snowman, then crawl in the back just to lunge out? Very complicated. You know, kudos to you. Next kill, uh, you'll never see this one coming because I think the physics are literally wrong in the movie. But a candy cane is plunged into the back of somebody's skull and comes out of their mouth. Oh, yeah. You kind of have candy cane related. Right. Cool death. The problem is that they're making out with somebody at the point. 
when it happens. Okay. The way that it's revealed is that that the the mouths come apart and a little sure. bit of blood comes out of one. Okay. And it's like, what happened? Then we cut to a different camera angle where a candy cane is plunged through the back of somebody's skull all the way through their mouth. So it's like, what? Like, what? It was that an optical illusion? Was the candy cane out the whole time? We just couldn't, like the blood lightly trickled out. And it's almost one of those like emotional reveals where they're like, are you okay? Oh yeah. no, something's wrong. Oh, you have a candy cane impaling your skull. No. Third, <laughs> third kill up top. Uh, there's a confrontation on a, uh, I don't know, like a pier or something. They're on like wood. Uh, the killer vanishes because, you know, slashers, they can teleport if you're an idiot and don't actually watch these movies. Only to appear under the wooden planks and start stabbing the, like, what seems like a regular sized knife through the floorboard. Yeah. It's like, why? <laughs> you were literally engaged in face-to-face -face combat, yet you vanished to appear under the stairs to try and impale their foot. All these things, incredibly stupid. Very, it's like, was anybody paying attention? Did an AI write the script? Yet, let me be clear, I loved it. And if the whole movie stayed this way, I would love the movie. I don't give a fuck. I'm watching the slasher. I want to see cool kills. I want a cool character. I want a whodunit. Here's the problem. There ain't no whodunit. Mm. Because immediately, the slasher is dealt with yeah. and revealed. Yep. So it's in the trailer. And the next year, um, our lead is questioning, like, did I fuck shit up? Like, the town is fucked, which is weird already because it's like, no, the dude who killed a bunch of people, five kills in the beginning of a slasher movie. I'm like, dude, this is going to be a crazy movie. We're going to have like 25 kills by the end of it. And she's like, oh, did I do something wrong? I shouldn't have done this. I ruined the town. I wish I was never born. And then, right? Wayne's World. We go into the new dimension. Yeah. And that's the movie. And it's like, wait, you've you've managed to misunderstand a slasher film. Kind of, which was my critique, a happy death day, too. It's like the slasher tropes are a vehicle into an 80s movie. Except that this one is the, what, a 50s movie? When was Beautiful Life? Like, like the 40s. 40s? Brother. Yeah, it's like, what are we doing? So, um... I'll go ahead and throw it out there. I think I, what did I give this movie? I think I gave it uh 46, six. 1946. I think I gave it. Yeah. I gave it a six, 1940. Yeah. What? So slasher fusion. It's interesting. Um, it says comedy horror mystery on here. Let me go ahead and debunk that. Uh, there's no mystery. You immediately know what's going on. Is there comedy? The comedy is almost like we're laughing at you, not with you. Um, the horror, I mean, I guess people die. There is blood. So, I mean, honestly, it felt a little bit more like uh, Jack Frost than it did uh, Black Christmas. How's Joe McHale? Joe McHale. So here's the thing. In the beginning of the movie, I mean, we're all sitting. And I mean, the very beginning. Charles like, oh, great. Justin Long's playing another villain. I know you love him. I hate him. And I'm like, hey, he's good at it. You know, yeah. he's typecasted, well, whatever. I like and I said, funny thing is, Joe McHale... Joe McHale is actually a, a wacko. Like I've heard people talk about how he's failed a psych test to get into the army. He's from the Pacific Northwest, brother. You don't know. There's a lot he's of strange. You know, they're, they're strange over there. He's also a giant. Yeah. He's very tall and he has a gigantic knife collection. So I'm like, you know, oddly no and, red flags. Whatsoever. No, none at all. And, uh, you know, it, I mentioned this. I'm like, you know, honestly, how many, how many knives do you have? 
Oh, honestly, not enough. Would you say not enough to warrant a collection? No, I think I have like three. That's a small collection. You know, I I treat my knives like I do my shoes. <laughs> and I have one. Terribly? I get excited about it. And then I, I run that thing till I'm driving on rims. And I'm like. You do that with everything you own. I, yeah, I know. And your relationships. It's called loyalty. Yeah. I'm very loyal to I everything. <laughs> I understand. Uh-huh. I can't. You know what I mean? Sure. I'll help you move, pay me in caramel corn in a Ziploc bag and expired <laughs> drugs. Yeah. Just give me that sweet, <laughs> sweet diabetic medicine. Okay, so fine. It's a Wonderful Life. It may feel like I spoiled that movie. I didn't talk about anything outside of the first act. What's left? Probably a nut? Probably not. Uh, Clark, you got to watch it by next week and then does, we'll talk about it. I'll watch. Does Kim Jong show up? Well, why do you ask that? Because Joe McHale and I figured they had to be in everything. Oh, together. I don't know. I don't, honestly, I nobody really stood out to me in this cast. Uh, which you know they weren't bad. It's just like not memorable. Yeah, I don't know. Well, actually, who wonder- was the director of this movie? Did they do other it's shit? It's a wonderful yeah. night. tragedy, girl. Uh, uh. Which I liked. You know, on paper, okay, they did a segment in VHS ninety nine. They wrote Five Nights at Freddy. Okay, really? They why did they hire? That was your favorite movie of the year. FNAF? I, I will tell you, um, there's a meme that's been going around that's very big with the 10 to 12-year-olds. Oh, and my God. I can't get it out of my fucking head. <laughs> what kind of list are we going to be on right now? You would like it, too. It's just what you do is you film a bear, and there's a little English kid voice. An actual bear? Are you talking like- Could be a toy. Oh, not like Castro District bear. No, no, no. Okay. Not that kind of bear. Um no, any kind of bear. And then the, the you play the voice and he goes like, is that Freddy Fazbear? And then he goes, har, 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 <laughs> And that's it. That's it. It's non sequitur. I don't know why any of it exists, but I've been addicted to the fucking reels. That sounds about right. Yeah, it's great. All right. I'm done. That's all. I may give it a little watch. You, you know? better little, fucking watch it. It's on Shutter. A little holiday horror. Again, the movies I covered today, uh, Airbnb is on Amazon Prime for a rental of $5. The Harbinger is on Tubi for a rental of two hours of your life. And It's a Wonderful Knife is on Shutter. And Cuties is available on Netflix. Shout out. And Cuties is a better movie than that shit. Cuties is not bad. Mm-mm. Don't tell Cobra, though. Cobra Kai. Wait, I think I... All right, I have enough uh, snot in my nose that needs to be released, so I think it's a perfect time to end this episode. Oh, well, um, we were having so much fun. Well, I think we hit the four-hour mark. Oh, wait, I forgot. I actually have a clip related to cuties here. The girls in that movie are 11 years old, old enough to go to Hogwarts. <laughs> Couldn't have said it worse myself. They probably know about the meme. Har, 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 har. You're going to have to show me that. Okay. <laughs> I'm interested. Um, all right. So like you said, uh, we've teased it. We're, we we are scheduled to talk to our guests tomorrow. So hopefully uh, we will uh, circle back with you on Thursday. Um, so until then, uh, you know, take care, brush your hair, and, uh, you know. Underwear. Pay your taxes and. Do what you're supposed to. Oh my god, yeah, that's my father. On no pump eliminate in my iced tea. Goodbye.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Statt. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.